I'm Elise Orlowski, a senior video director here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer. And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries. We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. You know, I think we're we're just starting to think about it, but I'm curious, you know, looking forward, I think we've been thinking about like all the learnings, but looking forward, where do you think we're landing with hybrid events? Like, what do you think that experience is going to be like moving forward? First, I'll, I'll say that, yes, it is a buzzword, but when, when you also think about it, hybrid is all around us already. Think about the most, you know, amazing companies in the world right now, like Uber, Right. When you think about that experience, it's, it's this intersection between digital and real life that makes the experience very powerful. Mm-hmm. You click a button, suddenly there's a real car in front of you. When you think about Amazon, like these are all hybrid experiences. So we're, we're already living in a very hybrid world right now without thinking about it. And this is where we need to take the industry. Like the industry is going to hybrid, but it's going to be, as I, as I said earlier, way more than just here's a live event and a live stream with some maybe Q&A. Like we really need people to feel like they can really move dynamically between remote to in-person. So I do think that all of the event elements will need to evolve. Sponsorship will need to evolve drastically because there will be virtual hybrid in-person opportunities. Events will become also this year-round medium with different activations on top. So now people think about an event is when the first... um, the first piece of content, this is where the events start. I'll claim that actually event durations will really, really change. An event will have different components. It will have a virtual component, it will have an in-person component, then another virtual component. It can be potentially a two-month event. It's hard to think about it at the moment, but event formats will evolve. Yeah, and I love that that idea of shifting the mindset of this industry to less be about this event is a moment in time and more about this event is a continuing conversation. Yeah, it's a series, it's this, part of a bigger whole. With communication yeah. temples that are live and virtual and like that and, and, and thinking things in a more circular manner as opposed to traditionally how we've been doing it for years of a linear one. I think that's, yeah. that's both exciting and, and dead on. Managing a kitchen staff versus an advertising staff. Two very different classes of people in terms of what's expected of them, what they're doing. And I, I'd just love to get your take on, on how they're alike and how they're different. Yeah, listen, it's, um, uh, there there are there, there, uh, similarities, um, you know, particularly because in the kitchen you've got, uh, there's a high degree of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's certainly, you know, perfection. Uh, you know, perfection in the quality of the food. Yep. You're all you're always aiming for the, whatever goes out to be perfect. Um, there's the, you know, allergy side of it, which is you know it has to be. You can't you can't make a mistake. You know, yep. we've got a gluten free fryer, and you know, and and so people have to be on on their toes to make sure that uh, uh, we're not serving anything that's uh, you know uh, that's that's not that could be hazardous. Be dangerous. Yeah, um, new level of detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, and um, but I think it's um, it's a it's a little different 
and you know it's been it's been eye opening certainly for me mm-hmm. um, because it's 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 a transient business. The folks who work in the kitchen have, you know, what I've experienced have have tended to be treated not particularly well where they've worked before, and uh, almost almost disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't like it, we'll go get another one. Yep. And that's just never been the way that I've operated. I mean, I I try to create an environment where people are valued, and we actually have some. Uh, you know, people who've been with us from the beginning, you know, you just got to treat them well, you know, and, and hope they uh, they return the favor. As I'm listening to you, I think you have so much experience and you definitely seem like someone that does not want to stand still, which I can relate to. I'm definitely not a person yep, yep. that likes to stand still either, but it can be exhausting. You know what I mean? I think at some point people kind of like want to achieve that homeostasis in their yeah. life. <laughs> um, and even like they just achieve a level and like don't know where to go from there. I guess like what motivates you to keep moving, to keep, you know, finding these different areas to really invest in and grow and expand. I'm curious. Well, I don't like to, um, I don't like to sit still. Um, yeah, I, I knew when I was, uh, you know, in my kind of final years at Hill Holiday, um, like I knew that I love to work and I love to do things. Um, but I didn't, at that point, I think I was 52 when I left. Um, I didn't want a job, job. Like I didn't want, uh, uh you know, it, 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 I love to work. I don't want a job. When I, when I did the globe, uh, thing, I, I did it for three years, right, right from the start. Uh, cause I knew, you know, th- 36 months is like a, that's a short car loan. Um, <laughs> you can do it. You can do anything. You can do anything for 36 months. Um, uh, but it was still, uh, it, you know, it, it, it was a job. It was it was you, you have an office, you have a desk, um, and and I like to manage by being present, okay. uh, so th- so you don't have you don't have a lot of options. You, you got to be there, and that's just not like I I love to work and I love change and I love doing new things. Um, I just don't like doing the same thing over and over and over. I don't I don't care, I don't care how well it's going. Cool. Um, I just don't I just don't want to do it over and over again. I just, I just get bored. I, I I remember driving to my first day at the Globe. And being very excited mm-hmm. that for the first time in a long time, I was driving to work with a pit in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the I, nervous energy. Yeah, and I, I, I listen. I didn't have that. We, we, we were on an incredible run until holiday. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, we had a great team. You know, it was, it was just, it was amazing. And uh, but I didn't have a pit in my stomach anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, it, it, the 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 machine was was running very well, and so that was. But I like that feeling. Yeah. Um, I just, I just like that feeling of, of not knowing, um, uh, you know, if it's if, if this is going to work out or you know or what you're going to walk into. And believe me, that was that was walking into something that you know, I, I probably anticipated twenty five percent of what I would walk into when I walked into the globe. curious you know like we just wrapped fidelity summit um circle of excellence i'm curious as to what you know learnings you even had from those past two events you know and how to really level up the experience um in that way yeah i I agree with you we've had um it's been a challenging year but it's been a great year right i think we've had we did there was a lot of hard work done late nights but a lot of fun too definitely i think the i think the biggest learnings that um some of the biggest learnings is, um, it, you know, fa- failure is no longer a bad word mm-hmm. around here. Um, 
the best innovations have come through testing new things, missing the mark, um, and improving the process, yeah. to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we also identified that, um, you know, additional support is needed for virtual events, right? There's mm -hmm. more rigor testing needed. There's more analytics. Um, there's more need to have some sort of rapid response plan. Um, when you're, you know, when you're in a ballroom and something goes wrong, you can kind of work around it. When something goes wrong virtually, it, you have to have a plan to recover. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, for us. And as the team learned, you know, that you guys have been great. As the team has learned, um, we have really strong meeting and events skills. Uh, in, in this new reality, uh, the project management needs to be tighter with more oversight. Um, also putting more tools in their toolbox, mm -hmm. understanding of production and digital and technology um, are gonna be key for them to be successful in the future. Investor days, you know, everything has become virtual over this past year. I'm curious, what do investor days look like from a virtual perspective? Well, they they look, they're all over the place right now. I think uh, we need to, as an industry, have some best practices. Um, some companies have done an amazing job at creating investor days. Many continue to uh, produce investor days very similar to a live event. Uh, and I don't mean that in a positive way. Okay. I mean that they're Not taking the approach it for, of, for virtual. Exactly. The mm. interpretation for virtual is not happening. I think, you know, the old fashioned way of standing up at a hotel ballroom and on a stage with your slides next to you mm -hmm. with a clicker in a suit are gone. I think um, that experience was flat at that time and it's even more flat mm. when you're trying to transfer that to the virtual format. Uh, you know, for us, we feel that companies need to think of a investor day as an investor experience. Mm -hmm. It should be like if you have a new product and you're gonna you're gonna launch that product, there's a storyline, right? Mm. With that product, there's the beginning, the middle, the end. And that's how investor days need to be need to be need to be thought as uh, going forward. Uh, even if you go hybrid, which I think, you know, what we're seeing for in our firm is that companies are thinking in 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 places like the East Coast, where a big percentage of the population has been vaccinated, um, mm -hmm. that they will do it in person and they will do it virtual. But it's not just having a live stream of your CEO speaking with a clicker and a and a big slide. Um, it needs to be an experience. It needs to be videos. It needs to be animated graphics. It, it needs to show the entire management team. It needs to be a tech talk with yeah. your investors. Mm. It, it's yeah. communicate with me, tell me your story and make it compelling.
Teresa, I'm kind of curious if you can, what is it like when people are throwing, you know, very personal questions or very broad statements out there on the internet? And, you know, how does, how do companies like Homology respond to that? Or, or are you even able to respond to that? What, what does that back and forth look like in this industry? I'm so glad you asked that question um, because it, it is really frustrating for companies in this space. You know, we talked a bit about the HIPAA regulations, um, con patient confidentiality. Um, companies can't even say whether or not that's a patient, that's not a patient. Um, first of all, in many instances, we don't really know. So someone could um, be posing as a patient when they are truly not a patient for whatever reason. Yeah, just stirring the pot as it is. Wow, okay. That that absolutely happens. It happens Wild. among competitive, you know, uh, therapeutic areas. Companies Ooh. buying for the the same, um, you know, therapy and development. So it becomes a um, sometimes misused tool. But I think once people and I, I put all people in that patients, caregivers. Um, um, uh, principal investigators, reporters, investors, you know, you name it. Once they understand that the company cannot respond, um, I think then it's a real eye-opener, you know? It's not that we don't want to. It's not that we, it, it, we're just unable to. There's regulations in place that prohibit um, our responding, um, particularly in a forum like social media. That's super eye-opening to me, because that and that totally makes sense, because you can't track if that person is a part of, et cetera, et cetera. But I think from the like from the public standpoint or the reverse, I can see how a lot of it big public things. It seems like the company is uncaring when it's Correct. actually we yeah. care too much to comment because we can't jeopardize what we're doing. Which is such a which is such a switch usually because usually people have to make statements but yeah that's super eye-opening and a good thing to know